Hey, I'm Brock with Brock Entertainment, and this is the I Do IQ podcast, where each and every week we're going to be discussing the latest in wedding and event trends. And in the end, you will have the best wedding and event experience ever. This is the I Do IQ podcast. Let's begin. Welcome back to the I Do IQ podcast. I'm your host, Brock Short with Brock Entertainment. And today we have some very special people that I've known for how many years, Amber? 2016? Is that what we were saying? 2015. We were under construction. So you, oh, that's you right. came in in a hard hat tour in 2015. Wow. Yeah. That is Amber and her husband, Eric, from the Ravington in Centerton. How How's are we doing today? We're good. How are you? Good. Well. So the Ravington, the first event, let's just get right into it, was my brother's wedding in May of 2016. Yes. May 26 is what we were May saying. May 26. Off. Yeah, that's we were, crazy. We were so stressed to try to get that building done by then. We weren't even done by our grand opening party two weeks prior. No. And, we and I done. was at that too, right? Yeah, I think Didn't you I were. DJ that? I think, you, I think you did. Thank you. We had a, we had a party. Yeah. I actually think you've DJed every important event that I've ever thrown there. There's always a party at the Ravington. Yes. When, Ravington. when Amber yeah. wants to throw a party and is like, you know what, vendors, oh. we need to get together and just have fun. I think my favorite you was, need the, to show my up. Favorite was yeah. the 80s prom. That was great. That was fun. I got to dress as Prince. Prince. And then when I took off the outfit, I, I kind of looked like Richard Marks yeah. <laughs> with the hair. And I have one of those pictures on my website. That was a blast. That was fun. Vendors who are listening to this, when vendor parties happen, show up yeah not only yeah. do you get to meet and you know talk with other vendors but it's time to just let loose and not have to worry about being a vendor yeah well, just the, enjoying yourself yeah. i feel like the parties are i feel like the vendor events are only just now coming back yeah uh, it's, it's like they've only kind of started up like this year you mean like, like since like, after since COVID, yeah so. yeah i mean i because there haven't been many just specifically wedding vendor events that's true so well, well we you can would, just like hang out and like hang out with each other and let down our hair and so there's been little. vendor events where you get together and there's like you're meeting and you're hanging out yeah but you actually throw parties I throw, i've thrown parties so, yes big difference between hey let's have a vendor meetup or hey yeah. let's go to the ravington and have, have a, a vendor party, party. yeah i, I think, like that it helps that amber was a wedding coordinator yeah. for 10 years yeah, so yeah. tell us about that. How did you even get in the wedding business? Let's start so, there. So, funny story. Okay, so we, we, we moved to Los Angeles in 2001 because Eric's band took us out there. Okay. And I knew I always wanted to work for myself, but I didn't know what I wanted to do. And I was always a little envious that Eric always knew his life path. Like, when we met when I was 15, he told me, I'm a drummer. I'm a musician. That is my life. Like, I don't know what that's going to look like. And he was very open and honest with me. And I was like, I love you. Aww. But I didn't have this passion other than I knew I didn't want to work for somebody else because both Eric and I are complete archetype rebels. 100% we're rebels. And once you work for yourself, it's hard you to work for back. somebody yeah. else. Yeah. Well, but the mm. thing is, so, but it, but before that, like I didn't know what I wanted to do. So we were in Los Angeles and I was kind of toying around. Like I did, I did things like a little bit of stationary design. I worked as a, I worked as a florist when I was in college here in Arkansas. And so I kind of like, I know the floral world. I, I know design. I like beautiful things. And I was... That's why you married Eric. That, exactly. <laughs> That's why I married Eric. Eric's beautiful. Uh, um, so we were in Los Angeles and I was, at one point I was working as an office manager for a law firm and that is not for Amber. <laughs> not hey, for Amber. But at least you gave it a shot. Exactly. I've and, done those jobs and, where you're yeah. like, maybe this could work out and then you yeah, realize, no, nope, yeah. don't like that. And then I wanted to get out of the corporate world and so I became a personal assistant to for a very wealthy family. Family. So the husband was one of the partners 
uh, CAA, who's which is a big talent Music agency. Agent. Okay. And oh, like do. like his clients are like Garth Brooks and. Did you get to meet a lot of those people? I no, I didn't meet the only like the only the only celebrities I met were like Tim Robbins and Susan Sarandon because their son was front were friends with my. But those are good people. Those are great actors. They were great actors. Yeah. yeah. Like I mean, were they all, nice to you? Very nice. Okay. Cool. Very nice. Like Susan was really really sweet. So I wanted to get out of the corporate world, and this position came open for this family, and they had a full time staff of twelve. Oh wow! Think about that. Full time staff of twelve. I managed the schedule for the whole house. So there were three nannies, three Dang. housekeepers, three what? three assistants, three assistants. So I was the one person, or for one family. Jeez. So like I, so I would also like coordinate their travel and book like when they would go to like the Four Seasons and Lanai. I would book yeah. their tennis lessons like for their for their Christmas in Hawaii and like so as I was there, I was working in in this non corporate world. I was doing this very like a lot of so I I ran their life right. Uh huh. And the my my boss, her sister was a very high end wedding planner in Los Angeles, and I was like, oh my gosh! And I came home one day and I was like, Eric, I know what I'm gonna be when I grow up. And he was like, and at what? this point, how old were you? I'm 27 at the time. Okay, so yeah. and like right, it's like perfect cusp age of like coming into your own, right? What do I really want to? do? What do I want to yeah. do? I came home and I was like, Eric, oh my gosh! It was like light bulb on over my head. I was like, I'm gonna be a wedding planner, and he goes, That's so you. That's perfect. Like you're so bossy and yeah. you're so organized. <laughs> So bossy. So you bossy. can definitely succeed in this. He, I knew, I knew he knew was, he was like, that's brilliant. He goes, how do you do that? And I was like, I don't know, but I'm going to do it. I'm doing it. It doesn't I know, matter. I'm going to do it. So I Googled, like I got on the internet and I Googled how to become a wedding planner. And back in the, so in, there was the Association of Bridal Consultants, which is still a thing. Uh-huh. I mean, it's, you know, it's like kind of for the older crowd, right? Like the older vendor crowd, but it's still a thing. So I went to a networking event and I was terrified. I knew nobody. I, I walked in, I'm 27. And this is in LA. In Los Angeles. So pretty intimidating it's, I'm sure well and in Los Angeles the networking events are lavish oh I bet open bar top shelf food entertainment we would have like aerialists hanging from the ceiling like it was it so was, that's where you got the idea for one of your parties yeah, yeah totally. <laughs> so I walk in I know nobody and a woman comes up to me super kind and warm and she introduced herself to me she's like who are you and what do you and I was like I would like to become a wedding coordinator I do not know what that means I do not know how to do that but I'm here because this is my life months my past this is my life's path. This is my yes. path. This and, is the way. And she was like, well, I have a wedding this Saturday. She was a, she was a coordinator. She was very established. She said, I have a wedding this Saturday. Would you like to come shadow? And I was like, I absolutely, absolutely. would love to come shadow. Yeah. And I went and I, I knocked it out of the park. And at the end of the night, she goes, I'm going to pay you because you are better than any assistant I have what? ever had. And she goes, I thought you were just going to shadow. And like, she's like, there are a lot of little girls who are like, I want to be a wedding planner. And they just have glitter in their eyes. Yeah. They don't know. She's like, you, you're going to do well. You're going to do well. So, well, it didn't hurt that you had been kind of doing that for that family to right. begin and with. And also, so the family I worked for, because they were so wealthy, I understood, like, I kind of watched like how very, very wealthy people dealt with the world and with money. And I, and I had to be very nonchalant about big amounts of money. And I wanted to be a high-end wedding planner. Yeah. So I had to learn to like keep a straight face and be like, well, if we want to keep the budget of $300,000, we can't. <laughs> and if you know for, and I had to like pretend like, well, you know, if, if we're going to keep in this budget, we can't have the letter press brunch menus. We have to do laser, laser printed. So I'm so sorry. Without laughing. Like, yeah. I, without, without laughing. Like Making without laughing. Like, all, straight like, face. Like, oh straight boy. face, right? So I started shout, I started working as an assistant under the top wedding planners in Los Angeles. The top. That's awesome. And I was good. I was a really good assistant. And they all started trying to hire me. And I would politely tell them, thank you so much for the offer, but I'm going to be your competitor very soon. Ugh. 
and, oh. and they were cool that they were like, you know what? Like everybody has like everyone, like there's enough work for everybody. Yeah. And and also like I I always operated in integrity. I never I never tried to poach clients. I never tried to I never tried to give up my business card. You know what I mean? Like some people get shady and I was always I always maintained integrity. And so I had a very good reputation of Amber is a hard worker. She's good at what she does. She's fun and non-drama and she will not be shady. That's good. So I had my first wedding that I almost stopped the wedding industry because it was so traumatizing. But I thankfully, thankfully, thankfully had a very dear friend who was a wedding photographer who came in and shot detail shots for me. But this wedding was, so my, one of my mentors had gotten a bride who was getting married at the Ebel in Los Angeles, which is a historic venue. And the bride was like, I my idea of budget is $500 for a coordinator. And my mentor was like, eh, like, what? no, but she goes, but I have an assistant who's trying to build her business. She might take this on. But so, still, that's very low, very, yeah, especially in no, LA. Very low, very low. So, but this is 2007, but still very, very, yeah. very, very low. And I was super excited because the venue was gorgeous. So the bride was Orthodox Jew, Russian, and the groom was Orthodox Jew, Israeli army veteran. Oh, wow. Okay. So if, That's you, just, interesting. if, you, if you know anything about these cultures, yeah. they are very intense, right? <laughs> very intense cultures. Wow. But the bride was beautiful. The groom was super handsome. Their decor was great. And so I was like, sweet, I have this, I have a detailed photographer coming in because I don't think this Israeli photographer is who's famous. The photographer was famous. I think they flew him in from Israel. I don't think he's going to give me detail shots. No, he did not. Right. So the wedding day rolls around. Uh, it was at one point. So the bride gave me her seating chart handwritten that she wrote while she was in the makeup chair that morning. And so I'm getting the, the ballroom set up. It is uh, 250 people kosher. I don't know if you know anything about kosher oh, yeah. food service. Yeah kosher my first wedding it's kosher like very like if you have anything cross-contaminated they won't eat it the whole world can fall apart for them oh yeah so i create the floor plan the way that the bride gave it to me the bride's mother barrels up to me during the reception freaking out my best friends just left because there wasn't a seat for them at our table our table was not set for for blah 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 what did you do and i was like ma'am i'm so sorry i pulled up the, the seating chart and i was like i did this correctly this is what the bride gave to me and she goes oh it's her fault oh <laughs> no 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 it gets better the mother of the bride pulls the mother out the, the bride out of the reception in the reception and screams at her no yes this poor bride is crying on her, her wedding on day. her wedding the mother her yeah, mom her mom oh, the wow. bride's mother pulls her out screams at her keep in mind this poor little girl had made her seating chart in the makeup chair yeah you know what i mean like accidents a little happen. late too and also like and by the way a little late but like the parents friends left because they were so offended which by the way like come on people it's not your day it, it's not yeah like simmer down just be glad you're there so that's happening during the reception and I'm just like, I didn't want my bride to get screamed at. You know what yeah. I mean? I was just like, I was just, oh, so maybe I should have t- taken the fall for that. I don't know. But then later that night. Well, but you oh, were you were only letting the lady know I did do it right. Oh, yeah. The story can get gets a little better, too. Okay. So later in the evening, it is drunk 30 and everyone is everyone is raging bullets because uh alcohol is kosher so (laughs) (laughs) you're good so the groom had like six six groomsmen i think and they were all veterans from the army as well and in israel you can't i think you have to be six feet tall i think there's like there's like a height limit everybody everybody in israel has to do be in the military years service but that doesn't mean they have 
act. Oh, There's different these, jobs. All these goals. guys. Okay, but to be a soldier, you got to be six foot tall. Well, I guess maybe in like the where they maybe okay. their specialties. Like yeah, yeah. all these guys are enormous. They're all over six feet tall. They tear the tablecloth off of a table. They put the Oops. groom on top of the table. They lift the table over their heads. So okay. if they're six feet tall and their arms are three feet yeah. long, that table is nine feet off the ground and the groom is wasted drunk, standing on top of the table, staggering back and forth because they're going up and down and up oh, and boy. down and up and down. And I That's see fun. him, It's right? the Jewish mechanical bull. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I like that. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> yeah. Like, and I'm thinking, he's about to break his neck. He's going to die on his wedding day. I can't let this happen. So I Rush. New wedding planner in L.A. Kills groom kills on groom. wedding day. <laughs> so I rush into the circle of these humongous men and I'm yelling at them, put it down, put it down, put it down. And they're drunk. Yeah, they're drunk. They and they're care. just like, they're they're pushing this table. They're like, what? Put it up. Put it up. Raise the roof. Raise the roof. Raise the roof. And I'm like, put it down. Put it down. They're Bring like, raise the down. roof. So they pull the table down. The groom falls off the table when it's brought to the ground. And he comes up to me and he's just like hugging me. He's like, thank you, Amber. You're the best. And I was like, okay. Okay. That was my first wedding. <laughs> and I go home and I'm so traumatized by the whole situation. And all Eric, you got was $500. I got 500 bucks. And like, I, go, I, go, I go, good story. Yeah. I said, Eric, I don't think this is for me. I, I don't think I, I, this was horrifying. It was traumatizing. This was terrifying. I don't think I'm going to, I don't think I can do this. And he was like, just give it, just wait. Just like, yeah. don't make that decision tonight. Cause I came home at like 3 a.m. crying, right? And he's like, just wait. It's okay. Just wait. And I got the pictures back. Oh, there was an aerialist at that wedding too oh, during nice. the cocktail hour. So, like, nice. during the cocktail hour, there was an aerialist performing in the garden there. And I got the pictures back and the pictures were dynamite. And I was like, boom, portfolio starts now. I'm going to do this. And yeah. I did it. And I did not try charge that much money. So fast forward, I was in business for eight years and I sold my company at the end. And I was like, I was never like super, I was never, I never got to be the big celebrity wedding planner. I was like, most of my clients were very analytical people. They were like, writers, directors, lawyers, kind of like the support team. The people that, yeah. They were the behind them. the scenes. Yeah. Like, I mean, I had a, I had a few like many celebrities, but like not, not huge. Right. Yeah. Didn't you um, do Rose McGowan's? I did Rose McGowan's wedding. That's a good one. Uh-huh. And I did Henry Gracie's wedding. And if yeah. you know jujitsu, oh, they're yeah. like, they're like royalty, the jujitsu. That's pretty world. cool. Like all of Eric's friends were like, that's cool. Yeah. That's cool. So I, I sold like at the end of eight years, I sold, I ended up selling my company, which has not been done before. I think, I think I might've been one of the first because it's a brand like you, the brand it's is around you. you right? It'd be like me it's selling my Amber company. Events. Like Amber events is still owned on its second owner by somebody else. Yeah. It, it'd be hard for me to sell Brock entertainment because even if, they were good, it's yeah, got my name uh, on it. Yeah. It represents yeah. me. Yeah. And if they drive it into the ground, yes. that's, yeah, that was dumb for me to name it after myself. <laughs> what an idiot. All right, go, go, go forward. So, uh, for, for eight years, I did weddings all up and down the West Coast. A lot. My specialty was non-traditional venues. Okay. Like the hardest weddings are home weddings because people are like, it's going to be great. And I'm like, you don't know what it's like to have 200 people using your plumbing. You know? Right. Like we got to bring in restrooms. And power. We got to bring in generators. That. We got to bring in this. We got to yeah. bring in lighting. We got to bring in everything. So I specialized in unique venues. I mean, I did do like, you know, the Four Seasons and like, you know, the Hotel Bel Air. I did those, but it was not as exciting as doing it at a mansion in Mount. Malibu, which those are some traumatizing stories also, but it was fun and it was good. And then I became, we became parents in 2013 and I held our daughter in my arms and I was like, I can't, I'm, I'm no longer a workaholic. I can't do this all the time. I'm not going to work. I'm not a workaholic anymore. Well, she was starting to get pretty stressed. I mean, Uh you, you, you know how it is with, with babies and whatnot, but you know, working all weekend till 
three in the morning and getting screamed at by yeah. And then come home and get screamed out in a different way. (laughs) Well, and and I was, I, you know, we was, I was breastfeeding as well. So I would send a couple down the aisle and pump, rush to pump and then come out and throw (laughs) these warm milk bags at my assistants who were like 18 and 19. I'd be like, drive this home to my husband. And they'd be like, "Eh." (laughs) like, like, they're these little girls don't know. Like they're like, ew, this is kind of gross. These are my body, you know, don't drink them on the way. But (laughs) I counted them. But on a a personal note, Eric was renovating the house we were living in and that was his full-time job. Like we decided that he was going to renovate this house because our house was appreciating 10 grand a month in LA because we We bought it. We got super, like we are not experts at the housing market by any means. <laughs> yeah. But we just happened to fall into the right timing to buy our house there. Eh, 11, it was, two, was, it? It was New Year's Eve 13? 2012 because, 12, we, cause, because, right. because Lulu was born two months later in that house. Oh, wow. And did you do a, a water birth? I did a home birth with her. Was home? Yeah. Awesome. That's cool. And so, but, but, but stupid us, we don't know what we're doing and we just barrel through life like a tornado and we walk into this house and we took sledgehammers to everything and we just tore it out. Now looking back, we don't operate that like that anymore. Yeah. We're kind of like, yeah, maybe we should have a kitchen before we have a baby. <laughs> right. But no, we just took sledgehammers and tore it out. And that was kind of crazy. So I was rotating, I had a two week maternity leave. I was rotating 12 to 16 weddings at any given time. So 16 was kind of my limit. I wouldn't take more than 16, but I would do five year or in a year okay or at any given time okay but like but yeah like actually i don't know how many i would do per year but at any given time i do no more than 16 because that was kind of my cap still a lot but i was doing full service planning but yeah I, I had a team underneath me and they would be doing like day of i hate the word day of, month of and partial planning yeah and eric was renovating that house and it was we turned something super ugly into something very, very cute. And when we had our daughter, so I always knew we were going to move back to Arkansas. Eric always said, I was born in Arkansas and I was bored in Arkansas. I'm never going back. And I was like, someday we born will. Born and bored. I like well, it. Well, no, it's not because I just, I love Arkansas. It's, I also love adventure though. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. I we lived there for 20 years now. Let's do something we're different. in California for 15. Now let's maybe, you know, I don't know, go somewhere else. Yeah. Let's <laughs> see what it's like. But so we, ultimately, family won yeah, out. Family when you have friends. kids, yeah. that changes, it changes things. everything. 100%. And yeah. we have like his parents are here. My parents are here. They're still young and healthy and they have these amazing properties. Both both of our parents Plus do. friends yeah. since we were, you know, yeah. super young. Are yeah. here as well. So we had our daughter and I was like, I don't want to be in Los Angeles anymore. I want to go home and I want to raise her at home. And Eric said, that's great. But what are we going to do at home? Like business wise, we cannot work for other people because we had been entrepreneurs at that point, both of us for a few years. And once you become an entrepreneur fully, you cannot uh-huh. go back. You yep. cannot go back to being somebody's slave. Sorry to say that. No, it's slave, true. But like, but it's it's, true. it's like, tough to work for somebody else. It is like we can't. I agree. We, like every no matter how stressful it's ever gotten, Eric will ask me, do you want to go work for somebody else? And I say, <laughs> absolutely. Hell <not>. no. <laughs> yeah. No. I, I. So he said, what are we going to do, Amber? And my mom had been sending me articles over the years about the wedding industry in Northwest Arkansas because my parents were just praying we would come home. And my mom had sent me a, my mom had sent me an article about sassafras being built. And I was just like, oh, that's pretty legit. Like that's looking like Arkansas. Hey, that's kind of legit. And then sassafras, like then sassafras opened and they were like, I saw started seeing the prices. I was like, there could be a market for like 
high-end upscale venues because at the time there weren't. When like when Eric and I got married in 2001, Bell Gable Chapel had just been built. Yeah. And that was the only thing in Northwest Arkansas that that was it. There was not even nothing. Pratt Place was that no, open yet? No. 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 In wow. 2001, Pratt Place was not When a we venue. were when we were talking we about married. this, I remember she came to me and she's like, "Eric, there are three venues." Yeah. In Northwest yeah. Arkansas. Now there's like over that. 100. Now yeah, yeah for yeah. like there's a like, lot. It, it, within a 100 mile radius yeah. there's over 100 venues. Is really? Had oh, yeah. we seen that metric, we, wouldn't have we done probably this. wouldn't, yeah, have, we wouldn't have, done have chosen it. it yeah. that, I mean, that's it's a whole lot of competition. That, yeah, yeah. absolutely. But so many weddings and events in this area. Yeah. So many. That's true. So we had never worked together prior to that. And I and I was a little nervous because just working together as, as, as a business would have because I'm I'm pretty aggressive when I'm in Very business. Type a. Yeah. Yeah. Which, by the way, I hate it when people have, like are prideful. And about I have them. a problem with authority. Yeah. So, that's <laughs> well, so I hate it when people are super prideful and they're like, oh, I'm so type A. And I'm like, you're basically proud that you're an asshole. Oh, there you, you go. Still, like, like yeah. I'm sorry, but this is not a thing to be proud of because you don't people, have to. Yeah, be people. Proud of I feel like people are are proud of. Like, I'm so type A. I'm like, you're an asshole. Like. And you're just proud about it. Like, cool. I've always been kind to all of my staff. And Eric's like, do not treat me like you're an employee. And I'm like, uh, I'm just trying to get it done, babe. I'm just right. trying to get stuff done. Right. So with his town, so in Los Angeles, prior to him starting to renovate our house, he he was playing music, but he was also working as a custom furniture builder. Oh, very cool. And so you want to talk about that? Sure, sure. Yeah. So have you heard of the Pasadena flea market? Uh-huh. It's the, I think it's biggest the biggest, on isn't it? On, on Earth. Earth. Mm-hmm. Wow. Wow. Yeah. So we would go there once in a while. It was, it was one once a month and we were there one day and I had been kind of just building furniture on the side for fun. For me. You built yeah. me that on Yeah, board. yeah. For yeah. Christmas once. And then I just started, you know, something to tinker with. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When I didn't, you know, didn't want to watch TV too much. <laughs> and so anyway, went to the Pasadena flea market. And Amber was like, why don't you sell some of your stuff here? And I was like, eh, I, I don't I think, know. I think it was your idea. I think you no, went and got the booth. No, I don't think no, I said, what, was it. You, you oh. brought it up and I said, maybe that sounds cool, whatever. But I knew how difficult it was going to be to try to get a booth that, you know, that wait list. most popular. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Huge month, months long wait list. But we were got a coffee or something, walked past. We saw the administration, administrative like offices or something for it. And Amber's like, why don't we just check it? And I was like, oh, oh okay. whatever, sure, we'll go ask. Go in there. And they're like, oh, actually, we have a cancellation for next month. Do you, do you want a, a spot? And I was like- And it was a good spot. And it was a, it was good, a location. good location. I'll take it. Yeah. yeah. It was like right up front when, when people are excited to spend money. So yeah, so started the next month. And basically, I was making- I had at that time built a, f a handful of tables from old carved, like carved wood doors. Uh -huh. Like from I the would, 70s. Oh, that's cool. Pretty doors. Yeah. There were so many sourcing options there as well. You know, like Goodwill type places for materials. Right. That someone from Beverly Hills put in a new kitchen and, you know, gave the Goodwill $100,000 worth of doors and cabinets. And so that ended up being a hit that style. And so at the 
flea market, I sold, I think that one, one of the two tables that first day. And then I have I, to brag on the table real fast because he would take these old chippy doors and then he would pour the pretty, the epoxy on top of it. So they'd be really shiny with the, of the epoxy on top of this, like really like chippy old historic door. And it was really, really, really cool. Very unique. No one had seen anything like it before. Yeah. Epoxy is more popular now. Yeah. Now he it was, is. Yeah. He was like invented huge, it. Yeah, well. We'd never seen it. We had never seen the, that epoxy stuff. He was like one of the first, I think. I think, I mean, well, I think he invented it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> In our world, but it, he did. It, it ended up being cool though, because people, the I would keep one after that first event as a kind of showpiece. Uh-huh. And then what I ended up starting, starting to do is cu- custom. Like I would say, hey, they wanted a table. I, I would tell them, just take take a picture of your space that you wanted in and I'll try to find something like I didn't want them to tell me how to do it. <laughs> you, yeah. You but, wanted to be an artist. Yeah. yeah. But, but I, you know, I want them to be happy. Right. So I'm like, I'll try to find something that has a little color that works with what you got there. And so then it kind of just built it built from there. I did that for until until we bought the house. And when we bought the house, then he was full time. We we did the math of like, look, we want to make money on this house. I can renovate it or I can do this other stuff. And if we know we're going to sell the house in a year, we're going to make more money on it by me spending my time. Yeah, renovating. Oh, that makes sense. It's appreciating. And so, how did you get to Northwest Arkansas? How did we get here? And, so and decided we hey, let's open this venue. Okay, so this is a fun story too. So we decided in October that we Eric said yes finally that we could move back home because I was like hounding him. I was like, I want to go home. I want to go home. I want to move home. And our daughter at that point was like 18 months old, and he was finally like, Yeah, let's do this. And we had been talking about maybe doing a venue, and he he said we said let's do a venue. And I said, Okay, well I'm uh, let's sell my company, let's sell the house. And let's take a sabbatical where we don't, I don't want to check my email every minute for a little bit of a time. So we chose New Zealand to go to, and we road trip for six weeks in New Zealand with a two and a half year old, (laughs) which I do not recommend. It was, it's not as romantic and amazing as it sounds because she was two and a half and it was quite traumatizing for all of us because. (laughs) But you did it and it's an adventure story. We still had it. We We still had had fun. Like We made the best of it for sure. It was just a bit stressful. Oh yeah. It was a, a lot stressful, but when we were in New Zealand, we had the time to dream and we started writing down dreams of what we wanted of our new life. We were we what we wanted in a building. We we really love historic things and old things because we traveled the world extensively before we became parents and we really, really resonate with beautiful old stone architecture. Yeah. Specifically. We don't like anything modern. Everything that we love is is old. Is old. Is old. Yeah. We like old things. Well mixed with that that Mick, but turned fresh, into but our our style basically is you take something with character and then put like a new shine on it. Yeah. That's good. You make it fresh. Yeah. So we we wrote lists of what we wanted. We wanted high ceilings. We wanted preferably brick. We needed an outdoor space for outdoor weddings. It needed to be very logistically easy for a flip for outdoor indoor because Arkansas's weather is so bananas. This is true. So bananas. And we were trying to, we named it in New Zealand actually without even purchasing the building. And we wanted it, the name to be something that was elegant 
slightly masculine because we didn't want it to be precious. We don't want it to be like my princess wedding palace or like <laughs> like there are some venues in the area that have really not great names in my opinion. Oh, I agree. <laughs> I, I, I'm not going to say them. You look at some brands and you're like, what were you thinking when you like I will say this? like, for instance, like hair and crest is a gorgeous name. Like, I like they that. did a great. Yeah. And so and so I wanted it to be like a it sounds good and it sounds almost mysterious and it sounds like it sounds elegant. And so we do you want to tell the story of how we named Sure, Ravington, because sure. this is a fun story. So we were traveling around in the camper van, just finding fun places to go. And we found this art artist community sort of that had been around since the 60s. And it, it had now tourists would come check it out. But it was because of what they built over several decades, which was a small two person wide train that would go up this hill that they, they built over the course of many years. Uh-huh to gather clay on the mountain to bring it down to their artist community and and do pottery type stuff. So one of the stops halfway up the mountain, there's like the conductor like giving us details about yeah. it as we're riding up. And he's like, and this stop is where they this used where the to party, have- goes, This is where the parties happen. Yeah, uh, yeah, this is where the parties happen. They used to have raves here. It's not the jungle, but like total- Looks like here, basically, in yeah. that in that area. And the guy, the owner, wanted it. I think he was British. Yeah. And he wanted it to sound fancy, even though it was just in the woods. Well, it was this little tiny. He built a little teeny tiny red British train station, de- train depot. And the sign on it said raving. Yeah, it was it was, oh, it was cool. like as big as an outhouse. It yeah, was yeah. But it was super cute. And but we yeah. thought it was hilarious we were like, that this guy was acting like this is a. The name sounded yeah. super fancy and it was, it was, you know, cool looking because they were artists, but it, you know, just this tiny little thing out in the woods. We looked at each other. We were like, Ravington. Oh my gosh. So we got online and we that typed- That felt like us too. It like, felt like, yeah. It's you, it felt, yeah. yeah. It felt, it felt like it's kind of like humor, like laughter. Like we laugh a lot. Humor is very important to us and it just seemed funny and fun and, but also like it can also sound very elegant. Right. So we went on the, the web on the internet and Ravington.com was available and I was like, this is it. We just named our business. And I went back to that URL a few times and lesson learned. If you ever go to a URL that you're wanting to purchase and you don't purchase it, a bot comes and buys it. What? Yeah. Mm. So we lost mm. Ravington.com. And so we had to buy the Ravington.com. And so we had to become the Ravington because I didn't buy the URL fast enough. Well, it happens. But I like, yeah, but we're cool. We're cool. With the. So you got the name of the business and the building, but you don't have a building yet. We don't have a building yet. Oh, that's a fun story. Oh, too. Okay. So, <laughs> yeah. so the idea was we we get we'll get back to Arkansas. We move in with my in-law, with his parents. Stay with my parents fun. for a month or something. You know, this was our rough plan. And yeah. then and after we reacclimate from traveling and all the craziness we've just been through, we'll start looking for something, you know, we'll have a little time to chill. <laughs> so we get back to town and then literally the next day, the next morning, my buddy texts me who's who's from here and he's like, hey, I was talking to a real estate agent friend of mine and he wants to show you something today. And I was like, I just got I back just got off the yeah. plane like 10 minutes ago. And anyway, we, we went. And they showed us. It was out in Hiawassee. Two spots, oh. one in Hiawassee. We we're like, eh, whatever. Didn't wasn't interesting. Well, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna interject here. Yeah. 
until and like, okay, so Eric is a very slow decision maker he does not, <laughs> because he makes decisions very slowly because he overthinks absolutely everything. Okay. I it can just, be good or I bad. I make decisions very quickly and we walked and into that this, can be good or bad also. Be, well, <laughs> I would say most of the time I'm doing pretty well. So we walked into this place in Hiawassee and I was like, oh, this could totally work. It's like high ceiling here. We could do this. We could do this. We could do this. And Eric's like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, why aren't you on board with this? Come on. This is our dream. Like, let's do this. Let's make this happen. Let's like put an offer in. And he's like, eh, uh, I don't know. So our agent said, well, there's a place in Centerton I want to show you. And I was like, where's Centerton? We had never been I know, Centerton. right? We had never been there. Centerton wasn't a thing. They're we, like, why? Yeah, well, we grew ahead. up yeah. in Washington County. Uh-huh. We did not know Centerton. Yeah. He goes, there's a place in Centerton I want to show you. And we were like, okay. And my brain had already kind of emotionally connected to this first property we had seen. And I was like, I think this could be it. We walked walk into the building that is now the Ravington. We walk in. Eric looks up at the ceilings and he goes, this is it. And I was like, what? Yeah, buddy. Oh yeah. my gosh. Like, like what? Like, that's a big purchase. You know what I mean? Like, oh, he was yeah. like this is it. And I was like, what? And much better location. Well, I just so, knew. But, but we, but like, in my mind, like we had, we were wanting a place that had quite a bit of land so we could have gardens and outdoor spaces, right? Uh-huh. But the architect, like the ceiling was so spectacular in but when we walked, I mean, the building was super ugly when we walked in. The ceilings were painted red. There was a there was a metal track on the ceiling because it had been a factory in the 80s. Our now court, our courtyard was a gravel parking lot. And that's the only land that was with it. And I was like, I don't I don't know. Like there, we, like, I, was, I was envisioning <laughs> How are we gonna land, more, right? Yeah. Like land. But like, but when he goes, this is it. I know that when Eric makes a gut decision, he's he's always right. He's always right. So I'll come up to him and I'll be like, I'm going to ask you a question. And I need you to just answer from your gut. Don't think about it. And I'll say, OK, question. And he'll give me an answer. I'm like, that's it. It's right. Thank you, babe. I love you. Yeah. (laughs) Next question. So we had just come from California where everything, where there was a bidding war in the house we sold. We had 30 offers in six days. On the house we sold. Yay. Yeah. Woo woo. P.S. We Made a little P.S. bit of money. P.S. We doubled our money. We doubled our money. That's what we, you want to do. We walked out of California with that money. In two years. In two it, it years, we wild. doubled our money. Nice. It's just because, yeah. like I was starting to say earlier, we when I look at the market, well, when I looked at the market a year after we bought the house, I realized if you look at the at all the charts, we literally bought it at the very lowest yeah. point after the housing like crashed. Right. So and that, that is the ideal time. To yeah. Buy. If we could like, all go back in time. It's like we planned it. So the price of the building at the time was less than what houses are going for right now in Northwest Arkansas. Oh, wow. Yeah. It was really, 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 really good. But we say to our agent, we're like, hey, do we offer under or over on this? Like, we don't know what to offer because we come from California where it's a bidding war. Lots of, yeah, lots of offers. And it had been on the market for almost a year. And he goes, oh, you definitely offer less. And I was like, hot dang, it's already, it's already cheap. So we put in an offer and it was an antique store at the time. And so our agent said, yeah, just they're going to counter offer and, and, you know, then you can negotiate from there. And I said, well, do you think we can counter offer and ask for some antiques? And he was like, oh yeah, definitely do that. Ask for whatever you so want. So we said to them, we're like, we will, we will pay your counter offer if you will let us take whatever antique in this building we want. And they were like, okay. And Eric and I went crazy. <laughs> we went through that store and we, we got the weirdest, we still have a storage unit of like weird, like, <laughs> like calliope, like strange organs. And like, we have a storage unit of just like craziness that we just do we have a cotton gin yeah we have a cotton that's gin. Like, random you know, i was like what is this we're gonna take it it looks cool yeah. so like the big elk in the groom's lounge he was mounted up on the wall and we're like yeah we'll take that guy too we didn't know how big he was right no no no, no. the elk 
was very that's in the groom's lounge. Yeah. They left it. No, I asked for him. Are you serious? Yeah. I have yeah. You're just now learning. Yeah. I've been telling people this whole time. We inherited it. No, I, I didn't uh, no, I asked okay. for him. I was like, now you know the story. Because <laughs> I'm going there like, and that, and that, and that, and that guy too. And because our ceilings are 20 feet high, yeah. he was mounted up way high. We didn't realize that he's like eight feet tall, basically. Like, it's like, how tall is that elk? The antlers it's pretty, are like, it's, it's pretty huge. Tall. It's She's huge. Yeah. We had to take a window out in order to build that shadow box that he's mounted. Yeah. Because we're like, where are we going to put this dude? So. So you got the venue and then yeah. you're like, well, it wasn't it like two buildings. Yeah, uh, it was two yeah. two separate buildings that were at some point there was a doorway put between uh-huh. them. So you had to go upstairs from one side, <laughs> two and a half feet higher to the next. And then so then we after we got started the construction, it was like, OK, we have how do we even this floor? Right. Two and a half feet higher. And I was just crossing my fingers that it was a thin pad that had been poured on top of uh-huh. an old one, on you know, with block, gravel right? or something, because I was like, we're not going to chip out two and a half feet of concrete. That's but. a lot. Yeah. So we did some exploratory drilling and found that it was, it was doable. Good. Uh, and you did it and made an amazing venue. How long did it take you to oh get that together? Eight months. Eight months? Yeah. And we had some problems with our construction company <laughs> during that renovation. Surprise, surprise. Right. We had to fire them 75% into the project. Ugh. And we had to project manage the final. We got to project We got manage, to project which manage. Which we were trying yes. to do since the to beginning. Yeah, actually, yeah. we but, were trying to do it from the beginning. But, but we, we didn't have any like giant construction project under our belts. So the bank was like, eh. well, apparently when a bank loans you a lot of money, they expect a big construction company to manage the construction. And but when they saw <laughs> the waste that was happening, we had several meetings. Like, you can do it. We like, trust yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, go ahead yeah, and finish yeah. It. yeah we yeah. trust you. But well, you was, got it done in time for May 26. May 26. We, we 2016. Yes. Couple seconds to spare. Couple seconds to spare. Literally, we were. All helping vacuum up the floors. Oh, yeah. uh, totally. Get her, everything totally. ready. Well, we and- had we had a crew of three guys. Eric was one of them that worked twenty seven hours straight to put the flooring down. Wow. Twenty seven yeah. hours. Straight. Well, it was all reclaimed wood though, yeah. too, right? Yeah. That, well, that's a story. Uh, oh we bought the really cool. floor three times. <laughs> what? It, it was the first the first round was somebody in Missouri who claimed that they would have all the, you know, 6,000, whatever. Barrels. barrels were the first, remember? Uh, the vinegar <laughs> Four times. Four times we bought, we bought the flooring. Anyway, four we paid for it four short, times. We bought it and didn't... It, it, after weeks of getting 50 square feet every other day or something, we're like, what, what is the problem here? Like, I don't think it's going to happen. Yeah. We went up to Missouri, my dad and I to like, see what was going on. Like, I was like, look, tell me what the problem is. If you need labor, do you need someone to pull down a barn? Like I'm in a bind here. I need this done. Yeah. And I get there and there's like one guy sitting on, on the floor, smoking a cigarette with almost no wood there. And I'm like, all right. Well, I think that answers our question. <laughs> like, wow, it's not going to happen, basically. And that so was did they just lie to you? The, no, these hillbillies had they, advertised that they were selling flooring from reclaimed barns. They were tearing uh-huh. down barns. They were milling it and like reselling it. And they and the, the wood was great. I just don't. Maybe they didn't have they didn't have as much as they advertised, they yeah. or they just didn't have enough people to help. I think I we were a bigger job than they were anticipating. What right. the breakdown yeah. was, but the point was, it was like I knew for a fact that it doesn't matter what. 
but I throw out this problem with these people, it's not going to work out. Right. And so then we had to, we did that again from another, you know, oh. Craigslist or something, trying to get the last two thirds. And oh, and it was dry rotted. And then we get, oh. we get the delivery. All the thicknesses of the wood are different oh. and the widths. It was hard to find two that were alike. And I'm like, <laughs> we would spend a year planing and straight lining. And yeah. So the week before your brother's wedding, we're trying to figure out how to get flooring because we don't have it. We don't have wood. Oh, you didn't even have the wood? No, yet. we didn't have the we wood. We had to throw away oh, a, a U-Haul so, oh, you, a wood that we'd paid this. for, P.S. Yeah. We'd paid for it. That was uh, unusable. So Eric like has this brilliant in the middle of the night. So we were living in the apartment next door to uh-huh. the building that Dave and Jenny Mars own. There's right. an apartment upstairs. We were living in that. It did not look like it looks now. Eric has a brilliant idea in the middle of the night where he's like, I should go directly to a lumber mill, a sawmill. And so he, the next morning we call this sawmill up in middle Missouri. They have different types of oak available. And the only person available to drive a U-Haul truck is me. And I've never driven a U-Haul truck before and I'm six months pregnant, but everyone else is hustling to get the wedding, the venue done for your brother's wedding. Right. So oh, I remember. So, and this was, I think this was days before the wedding. This was days before your brother's wedding. So I drive up to middle Missouri by myself six months pregnant in a U-Haul truck, load the U-Haul up with wood. The truck was having a hard time getting up the hills back <laughs> to get back to Arkansas because it's so heavy. Yeah, like we got to make this. So I pull up to the front of the Ravington. This was days before. I pull up to the front of the Ravington and we had we had a few guys that were working for us. Sometimes we would bail them out of jail. Sometimes we- Hey, those like, are the best workers yeah, right there. Yeah. So we tell them, if you will work straight through to get this flooring down, we will we will pay you double what we were going to pay you. And they were like- Done. <laughs> those boys work 27 hours on them. Mountain Dew, Adderall, and cigarettes. Yep. There are a couple guys in bed for like three days. Yeah. Back 27 I I hours. Yeah. It's it a was, lot of work. Yeah. It was intense. So- you get the venue done. What has been your biggest success story personally out of having owned this venue for what, seven, eight years now? That. Like, Just getting it like, done in general? I mean, I, I would say, to, I mean, honestly, because like once we were open, we were listed the best wedding venue in, in Northwest Arkansas by 2018. Yeah. We got to the top. Right. Well, I think, yeah, the biggest hurdle, I think, or success was the same, same thing is getting over the hurdle of yeah. spending every single dime we, we had. And a bunch that we didn't, we were maxed out on credit oh cards, gosh. like is- ev- every, every <laughs> so- bit. We so in the construction, we have to pull out another like hundred grand from the bank to just to try to get it done. And that still wasn't even enough. So we ran up a hundred grand in credit card debt to get that done. Oh yeah. And we then owed a lot of our subs money because we were like, we will pay you. And like so they they got us done. Like we we got finished right. And we owed we owed our our contractor, our subs, like we owed our electrician, we owed our plumber. After we got it done, we went on a baby moon to Mexico on credit card points. Stupid, <laughs> stupidly, Amber posts pictures on Facebook oh. in Mexico. And and a few months later, we went to dinner with our electrician when we paid him off. And he was like, and so we told him, we're like, yeah, you know, when you run up a hundred grand in credit card debt, you get a free trip to Mexico. And he was like, yeah, I was kind of wondering about that trip to Mexico <laughs> because y'all owed us quite a bit of money. Oh, like, and- yeah, we didn't pay for that. It was <laughs> like, not paid for. I was for. like, 
And I realized, hindsight, I should never have posted pictures right. of us in Mexico when I owed people money. So that yeah. was a lesson learned. Never did that again. Um, Hopefully he wasn't too butthurt he, about Well, it. he took us to dinner when we, like, we we were paying him. He, he, like, no, like, he, he was, was the nicest guy, guy ever. He, like, he understood. Yeah. Good, good, good. Really, really. Like, we had, when's my trip to no, Mexico? No, we, we, we had really, really, really incredible subs working underneath us. Like, the, they were great. And we took us a few, a few months to get them paid off, but we did. Good. And that's the Ravington. That's the Ravington. So we're going to stop here because we need to have you back back to just talk about stories from the raving okay can i tell you uh, one thing whole... right now yes. one thing we have the cutest couple we've ever had and i've ever seen in 16 years in the wedding industry we booked the cutest couple last week they are 85 years old oh i love it they met each other again in june at their class of 57 reunion uh-huh. and they were both recently widowed so they met six months ago again and they are getting married in april and they are doing it up wow. they're having dance lessons they're, they're having a dance choreograph for them they are 85 years, 85 years old, old. It's the cutest thing. I wonder so. if they'll play the, the theme song from Up. Oh, <laughs> that would be very one. fitting, right? That's that so be. cute. It's very so, yeah. fitting. We just did a wedding for a couple that were in their 70s. Oh, I love it. Wow. And it was all that old school stuff. It was, I it was love a lot of fun. It. I, it. That makes me just so happy. Just like true love. Doesn't matter how old you are. So we'll just label this the story of the Ravington. <laughs> and we'll have you back and you got to tell all the stories from the Ravington. How about that? That sounds good. We to got me. some good ones. All right. Where can we find you? How can people get in touch with you if you're they're looking for a venue? Perfect. Thank you. www.theravington.com and on socials at the Ravington. And if you go to ravington.com, you'll just get a bot. You're going to get a bot. Boop, boop, I, boop, I, yeah. Boop, boop. yeah. <laughs> you're going to get some like this page is for sale or whatever. Well, thank you so much for joining us. Yeah. Thanks for having us. And uh, yeah. Let's do this again soon. All right. Thank you. Thanks so much for listening and make sure to subscribe and expect a new exciting episode each and every week. Please follow us on social as well at I Do IQ Podcast. If you have a guest recommendation or a topic you would like to hear discussed on the podcast, please let us know. The I Do IQ Podcast is recorded at the Civil Republic Production Studio in Bentonville, Arkansas and produced by me, Brock. For more information about Brock Entertainment, visit DJBrockEntertainment.com. Thank you again and we'll see you on the next episode.